0: Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, you know the deal. Successfully complete the podcast. You get 10 years off your sentence. You fail to follow my orders in any way or not laugh at my jokes, and I detonate the explosive devices in the base of your skull. It's the Suicide Squad. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films. The bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that
1: have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show.
0: Hello and welcome back to the 120th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M entertainment.com and we are talking The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad, it has a the in front of it which means it's the new one that just came out on HBO Max and in theaters and it is a bloody good time. It's essentially the Expendables with superheroes and a giant starfish because it does have sliced alone so I think, you know, all in all. Yeah, no kidding. And with a starfish that big, I'm pretty surprised we didn't get a Fred Durst cameo this wasn't so much a chocolate starfish it was more of a like a eat your face starfish which
1: yeah that's fair it's
0: like acidic
1: yeah we need a more hot dog water
0: it's like a passion fruit intense passion fruit starfish with mind control powers
1: sort of kind of yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep yeah okay now that stuff's in the trailer, so we're not spoiling too much here, folks. I mean, we no, realize this yeah. movie is pretty new, so this will be, a, again, one of our non-standard episodes for a recent release. We won't get too heavy into the details in the plot because, frankly, it literally just started streaming, what, yesterday?
0: Yeah, so we don't want to spoil it, but I will say this. It's an R for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Dick's out for 20... King Shark. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lots of plenty of blood in here. Um, a lot of just you know, violence and uh a little bit of gore, um, which is interesting. I haven't seen that much gore in a comic movie yet, I don't think.
0: Not even close. Like Deadpools are not even close. Yeah. Gore in Deadpools, not even close to this. This is like yeah. legit like B movie gore tastic horror movie trauma bill type, faces yep. cut in half, brains. Human heads being eaten. Very James
1: Gunny. Yeah. Yeah. Like Slither. Um, Slither. Yep. I'm a big Slither fan. Definitely got Slither vibes here. You know, and the closest thing I can even think to a, like a mainstream, like action type movie uh, that would match up with this in terms of the gore and, and the violence. It's kind of like Terminator. Or I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, yeah, I guess it is there's some some body horror stuff in the Terminators, but uh, RoboCop is what really comes to mind because you got some pretty unflinching uh, gore in that movie, including some pretty spectacular deaths, but there's way more gunplay and action and explosions and stuff going on in suicide squad and, and some stuff that was frankly unexpected. So.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the expendables crossed with that movie overlord, but uh, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Let's first introduce ourselves. I am the thunderous wizard. Who can be found at writer TLK on twitter along with me is the t- detachable kids right arm chumpzilla
1: howdy folks and you can find me on twitter
0: hanging out with my right arm looking for my left at chumpzilla eight and uh the pod of course can be found on twitter facebook and instagram at hops and bo flops suicide squad we just said you can watch it on hbo max i'd go to a theater i watched it on max because of time constraints i would have liked to have seen it in a theater I think the sound would have been a lot more immersive had I been in a movie theater than sitting, you know, in my bed. So,
1: yeah, um, I think anytime you see a new movie, it's always best to see it in the theater just for the experience. And I just feel like I'm more present when I'm watching something on the big screen as opposed to watching it on my TV or my, my tablet. Right. But I will definitely say, in my opinion, this is not a must see on the big screen. Like the visuals are interesting and it's a James Gunn movie, but there's nothing in here that I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd seen that on the big screen anyway. So if you, if you stream it, I, I think you're probably making the right call in Chumzilla's opinion.
0: Okay. So let's talk about beer that we paired with this movie. After all, there's a lot of people in this movie that would be considered expendable. So we got a beer that is now expendable Milwaukee's best, premium or just milwaukee's best which also lines up in a couple of ways because it's the beast and this movie heavily revolves around a mysterious cosmic beast uh yeah this this beer is terrible and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth and a lot of the death scenes might uh make you feel like you might have to hurl so i think it fits yeah it's also the beer you're most
1: likely to find in the back of your uncle's garage fridge yeah, um, four
0: If you were in high school twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a with a four point nine ABV, it's not Captain Cash approved. But bad news, guys. He got killed. He drowned after jumping out of the helicopter. So he didn't make it to the beach, and uh, thus he is not on our mission right
1: now. Hey, wait. Did did anybody check? Can the Captain Cash swim? Does, does anybody know? We did not check. We did not check. Okay. Slight,
0: slight oversight. Uh, so Oops. the suicide squad. How would you describe this film in one sentence, Chubbzill? The
1: Suicide Squad, colon, James Gunn's Sucker Punch. Oh, um, it's better than Sucker Punch, but <laughs> for, for shots sure, fired yeah, for sure. I, I think this was, this definitely felt like he was kind of sticking his thumb in the eye of you know Marvel and his critics. Like, hey, I'm gonna do whatever I want here, Disney. Like, look, look at this. I'm going to do
0: the most James Gunsey thing ever. It's going to be awesome. And it was okay. Yeah. It's it's certainly better than Sucker Punch, but the joke is apt, but I would say, because this, as I mentioned, this is the Expendables. My one sentence would be, it's the Expendables. Look, Stallone's here. Eric Roberts isn't. So they replaced him with a giant starfish because actually the plot is very similar to the Expendables. (laughs) It's,
1: yeah, if you take out like some of the comic elements, it's a pretty straightforward kind of government secret ops movie. Uh, Chuck Norris could have starred in this 25 years ago.
0: Yeah. Missing in action three, Braddock. Yeah. Um, but Starfish. it's interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's interesting you, you mentioned uh, uh, Eric Roberts because if we had gotten him in this movie, would this not then be in the Nolan Batverse as well?
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of ties together because it is the multiverse. So imagine, like, he's, you know, he's down there for Falcone. Yep. That could have been, uh, to me, that would have been a really neat Easter egg. Stirring up shit. It really is like, it's, you know, these guys are all, it's okay if they die. Of course, you know that. That's the premise. But there's so many characters that death is certain. We won't spoil that. But let's, Talk about our general impressions, basically, uh, what we thought about it. Uh, This is wildly well-reviewed. It's at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes with like almost 190 reviews by this point. Um, It's probably the most well-reviewed DC movie. If not, it's very close. And I've seen a lot of people saying it's their favorite. Uh, I will say it is not my favorite. I liked it a lot. I think it's very funny. There's a lot of moments that shine, but I'll give it to you first, Chumzilla. What are your overall thoughts on the Suicide Squad? I, uh, well, it's definitely better than the first one. That's
1: without a doubt. Uh, um, I would probably put it above most of the Snyderverse, verse, but it's definitely not as good as the Snyder cut. Um, and I'd still like to see like a two hour cut of that, uh, tightened up. But anyway. General impressions the hype was big, and James Gunn being James Gunn, the expectations were high, even personally. You know, because I'm a big fan of the Guardians movies, I, I like what he's done with those characters. Um, but I still think the first one's better than the second one. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a letdown. I'm not gonna lie, I was expecting more. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but without spoiling it, um. The character of Bloodsport was, was played really well and uh, Elba was a huge uh, upgrade over Will Smith. Um, he did a very good job of playing the lead in the movie, and I did enjoy the emotional arc they tried to give him, although the movie kind of loses its way because everyone kind of gets spread out and you follow like all these different threads. So it wasn't like a tight team movie like I was expecting. And it kind of felt weird at times that everybody separated and it felt like they just didn't build to like a really strong narrative. And uh, yeah, so I kind of felt like the movie lost its way. It was what, two, two hours long, two hours and 10 minutes long. Yeah. 212, like that. but that's what the credits. So two, like, yeah. You know, yeah. 202. Yeah. Okay. So it's two. hours. It could have probably been a 90 minute movie. They could have, I mean, I, I always say that. But, you know, they could have tightened it up. But no, I definitely think they could have tightened this up because it's a pretty good action flick. But I think it loses its way when the, they try to give every character their own little arc here's, or a little storyline. Yeah. Or, or they, they split off into groups. And it's like, you need to prune a couple of those those uh, lines and keep things focused on the core characters. So anyway.
0: Here's what I'll say. Yes, it feels much more like Guardians 2 than it does Guardians 1 because mm-hmm. the teams take a divergent path like Harley has her own little adventure and I kind of miss seeing her with the team I thought, I think like, I really like Birds of Prey, right? That, that would be the, the Harley Quinn movie that came out just before this. And I have a question about that in a second, but I miss her sort of nihilism as compared with the entire group. Her as a solo doesn't work as well for me as her as just being there reacting and interacting with people who are mostly playing it straight. Um, I think there's some James Gunn-isms that go too far, such as jokes that are overplayed and just moments that are weird for the sake of weird. But I really loved how just unabashedly violent this was. Um, Yeah. So this is my natural question because James Gunn directed Guardians 1, Guardians 2. Those are natural comparison points. Did you think this was better or worse than those? Did you see growth in him in this movie as compared to those what are your thoughts
1: i think this compares most favorably to guardians 2 because he does attempt to do some heavier like daddy issue stuff very similar to what we see in guardians 2 but i the movie felt smaller to me uh than the guardians movies and i don't know if it's just just having that cosmic background for those being like kind of space movies but there are parts of this movie that like feel like they're shot on a soundstage. Um, And there's, there's the stuff with Harley. You make a good point. She goes off on her own and has this little side adventure. That felt like bad TV to me at times. Um, And it was really weird because Harley's with a bunch of characters that we don't, they're just like faceless nameless people that we're supposed to kind of care about. But it's like, we just met them. We don't really know them. And I would have rather seen her interacting with Rick flag as a foil and, and with peacemaker, um, you know, that, that dynamic, I think had a lot of potential and you, we get that in the start of the movie, but then it, it diverges from there. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably, you know, it's, it's definitely more like guardians too. Um, and it has its moments, but yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't pop as much as I thought it would. Some of the humor doesn't land, um, but most of the action's
0: pretty good. So I will say, I think Guardians wants is strongest comic central property. Oh, uh, it's it, and again, I'll just make the excuse.
1: It's the tightest too. There's there's no fat on that movie.
0: Well, and and when that was super successful, like you get to take more liberties as a director. Mm, like mm-hmm. obviously, he was entrusted to do things with this movie based upon prior success. And I do think it's a better movie than Guardians too. Um, but then again, like. You know, they let the reins off of this. And then you read all these stories about how much they handcuffed other filmmakers. And it's like, well, there's definitely things you could have curbed here that would have made this movie better.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good distinction to make. Handcuffing versus collaboration. This could have used some collaboration, I think.
0: Yeah, and that kind of leads me into my next question about the Suicide Squad, because obviously we, we know... Ayers movie, not really Ayers movie Was a mess, I hate it I think it's one of the worst comic book movies ever made Uh, I would love to see Ayers cut, but I'm curious Did this movie make you want to see Ayers cut More or less And, let's face it, this is a sequel I kind of think it's bullshit, they're playing it off like it's not I know it's a loose sequel, but it's Still a sequel Yeah, uh,
1: it's definitely not A reboot, it's definitely in the same continuity Um, I I it makes me want to see the airs cut less because we've already got something better to move on to now. So I think this movie will get a sequel. I think we're going to see James Gunn do this again. Um, I kind of joked to myself when I was watching it. Oh, I can see there's sequels of this coming out kind of like the from Paris with love uh, concept used to do these like random suicide squad movies in different locations. You know, and just kind of have like a, like a little mini franchise of these now. Yeah. And just My, churn through all these seatless characters for fun. And, and just know that you're going to go into it. It's basically like a grindhouse movie. You're going to see a bunch of people get whacked. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, anyway, um, I would be interested to see the heirs cut, though, if it ever does come out. Because just as an oddity at this point, because there are parts of the theatrical cut, of Suicide Squad, that are just irredeemable.
0: Oh, it's it's totally it's not really even a movie for like 40 plus minutes it's a series of splash screens and and like catchy pop culture infused music yeah it's, it's just it's embarrassing
1: um i will say this one thing that really did surprise me about the suicide squad is that they didn't go out of their way to take digs at Ayers' movie no they even I, thank I, him in the credits which was awesome which is so, cool, yeah. But I thought they should have done some good nature like callbacks. Like Harley could have just said some like non sequiturs that like no one else got, but the audience could get. Like I think it would have been really cool to put a nod in there, you know, at least just a couple of times. Don't overdo it, but just have Rick or uh, Harley make a joke, or or even uh,
0: or even Captain Boomerang. You know, any of the characters from the first movie. I think the biggest joke that that was missing that they should have had a nod to Will Smith not being around. He was such an integral part of the first movie.
1: Even even if if Harley had called just Elba uh, Will, <laughs> hey Will, yeah, you instead know? of calling him an, a different M- fake name, Milton, which yeah, yeah, <laughs> when she does, um, yeah. I I really
0: want to see. Are you that, are you that so... fresh? Are you that are you that fresh Prince guy? She could have done some non sequitur like that. But... I, and yeah. maybe that comes across as a little tone dip but she's supposed to be a lunatic, so I don't right, know. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She she's she's crazy.
0: Um, i want to see Ayers cut i'm all about artistic integrity yeah obviously the snyder cut was a big thing for me i was really stoked when he was able to finish his movie and obviously as we all realized that was a much better film than the crap they put in the theaters uh so i have a few more questions specifically about this in the pantheon of harley quinn She has her own little universe now, really, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, this. Which is your favorite of the Harley Quinn-centric films?
1: Okay, if I'm a Harley Quinn fan, it's Birds of Prey, because they give her the most to do in that movie. I I liked Margot Robbie's performance in this. I'm not a big Harley Quinn fan. The character doesn't do anything for me. But uh, you know, she's good as the character. It's a very good portrayal of it. I think she does a pretty good job of capturing the, the, the comic and TV uh, nature of the character. But if, I'm, if I am a Harley Quinn fan, then I definitely would go with Birds of Prey because that movie gives her the most to do. She brings the same level of performance to the Suicide Squad here, but they don't give her nearly as much to do in this movie. She kind of has that one big scene uh, that's, that was you know her little vignette. And that's kind of it. She's just kind of in the background for the
0: rest of the time. Yeah, she does. She does take a backseat. I think Birds of Prey is the best Harley Quinn specific movie. I also like Birds of Prey's action a lot more. It's very Mm. gritty. It's it's fist fights. It's bat fights. It's drop kicks. It's yeah. It feels more like a bat.
1: It feels like a Batman movie. It's a Batman universe almost. That's the type of stuff I dig. Yeah. So I guess to finish my thought, if I'm a Harley Quinn fan, I
0: like Birds of Prey better.
1: But personally, I like this movie better than Birds of Prey. Well, I had
0: more fun with The Suicide Squad than Birds of Prey. I'm with you. I hated this character. I thought this character was terrible. I never liked this character. But she's won me over in the last two movies. I, obviously, the first movie, everybody gets a pass because they tinkered with that and screwed that up so badly that basically everyone is undercooked and annoying. Yeah. But well, she's still I, the strong. She's still the strong part of that movie yeah, too. I really like her in Birds of Prey, and I love every scene she has in this movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What what, what they do do with her, it
1: works. Yeah, it's. Uh, but again, I, I still think they should have kept. I, I thought from the beginning that the dynamic was going to be her and Rick. I almost thought there was going to be a romance angle there for a second.
0: Well, you know, now I can't confirm this, but from what I've read, like the original thing. in in the first film was that her and dead uh deadshot had a bit of a romance in that film as she's grappling with ditching her new friends for mr j and of course all his scenes are totally ruined in that as well but yeah that's what i had read
1: but you know interesting i I just got that vibe i thought oh is this going to be is this going to be your Rick's next problem is he going to fall for Harley? Is that going to be what uh, compromises his decision making? But you know, that's that's not what happens at all. Spoiler:
0: No, it's not they, the cards. They, their relationship is the only thing that feels super natural as them having known each other. Of course, there's Captain yeah. Boomerangs here. Yeah, but they I mean, they do have a very nice rapport. There's a lot of chemistry there. And here's calling all the way back to that original question about the Guardians. The Guardians have. There's chemistry in this movie, but because they take divergent paths and they're not together a lot, and because one of the most endearing characters speaks in uh, one to two syllable words and two one to two sentences or one to two word sentences, uh, it, there's not that same rapport. Okay, that,
1: that's that, that's really mean to say about Corjaten.
0: Yeah, but like you know, <laughs> Jai Courtney.
1: No, yeah, yeah, King Shark. I, I think that's actually that really does hurt the movie, though. You make an excellent point by splitting up the, the team. Uh, you just lose out on so much interaction between the characters,
0: and he's essentially Groot, right? Like, for all intents and purposes, he's this movie's Groot. Like, well, he's a, he's a, he's say... like a, he's like Groot in a combination of
1: Drax. Yeah,
0: um, and it's it's missing sort of. I think it's missing the Drax, to be honest. Drax is, I think, the best Guardian. He's my favorite Guardian, and John Cena is sort of like that.
1: Uh, you know, but there, there, there's, really. there's 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 two big disappointments for me in this movie. Um, well, there's three, but I've already talked about the one the key, I, I wanted to see Peacemaker with Rick Flag and Harley. I wanted them to stay together throughout the movie. But instead, the team that we really get in this movie is uh, uh, Bloodsport's team with uh, the polka dot guy and, you know, other people. And they pick up Harley at some point that her, really, the, the whole movie is based on the relationship between uh, Bloodsport and the Ratcatcher, too. Because they couldn't afford to get the Red Kitcher one, um, and that's and that's really the, the emotional core of the movie. Everything else kind of happens around that. And there's some other there's I mean the other characters, the main characters we know from the first film, they they get their arcs too. But that's that's the main narrative in this in the story. It's 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 blood sports movie, um, which is kind of surprising to me because I wanted to see more out of John Cena's character. I thought like him as the oblivious Captain America type character that doesn't have any of that self-awareness or that, that, you know, independent moral code that the captain America we've gotten in the MCU has just to see him to be this blowhard, you know, crypto fascist, uh, right-wing, you know, Liberty with a gun character. I thought they were gonna do more with that. They do some, but they don't do nearly as much as I wanted them to do. Cause I think that's a, a fun, almost like satirical angle on that captain America type character. And that's the perfect this team and this kind of movie, James Gunn, it's the perfect kind of movie for that. That's again, I'll go back to Robocop. That's where you get some of that Verhoeven satire and social satire built into the, the movie. And there are hints of it, but I don't think they capitalized on it. And then King Shark. I mean, that was an interesting character design. It was a fun to have around, but they didn't really give him much to do. And he, they, they, they got Stallone in there as the voice actor. He does have lines. He does talk. But his level of intelligence seems to change, scene to scene to fit whatever joke they want to work.
0: He's Joey from Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's only there to like do gross things. Like, oh, he's gonna rip this guy in half. Oh, he's gonna bite this guy's head off. Oh, and it's it's a gag. It's and he wants wants to eat everybody, and they have to convince
1: him that it's funny enough. It is funny. It's good. I'm just saying they could have they could have given him more to do as a character um because you didn't have to have him be like quasi you know mute and and seemingly feeble-minded it'd yeah, be funnier yeah. if he was just if he was just kind of you know he it's, like, it's kind of like the way the mcu handles the hulk it, it, it you just you know you kind of feel bad for uh uh for ruffalo because in those first couple of movies they didn't give him a lot to do you know it got better in ragnarok and obviously you know when you get the professor hulk things changed considerably but
0: yeah except he has the least to do in that movie yeah
1: which is so bizarre but yeah so it's again it's tough to handle an overpowered character like that but yeah they use it for good comic effect and he does get several costume changes i think i saw at least two
0: different pairs of shorts he wears golf shorts it's it's classic he's great um <laughs> does he so have
1: flip-flops on like, I, I no like he, I, no
0: no he, he should he should have funky on some from point. donkey Kong country uh <laughs> So before we take a quick break, cause I do have some more questions, let's just do a beer ranking for this particular film. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm not over the moon about it. Uh, and that's going to be one of our questions coming up, but I say three sure. solid enjoyment beers. You're going to laugh a lot. Uh, there's certainly moments that drag, but you're going to have a good time.
1: No, I'm right there with you. T dubs. I would give this four solid enjoyment beers only because it's, it's two hours long. You, 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 can, you can sneak that fourth beer in. And yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of blood. And
0: uh, it's a James Gunn movie. It's got some killer tunes. He is the master. I'm going to buy the vinyl that Mondo just released. James Gunn has a great ear for music. Fact. I, I uh-huh. will say this movie wasn't the
1: strongest of his soundtracks. And some of the needle drops didn't punch the way I thought they might. But uh, I love were... the
0: I love the opening one that yeah. happens basically after the initial scene. It's very it's perfect.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple other ones that are pretty decent. So yeah. we'll give, definitely give him his credit there. Like you said,
0: he's got a good ear for it. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our tag team tornado tag team partners over at the Double Turn Podcast. And when we come back, I've got a few more follow up questions about James Gunn's the suicide squad Uh, no quiz this week and then we'll just do recommendations pretty tight pod so we'll be right back hey what's going on everybody i'm boss ross and i'm the j man and we're the double turn podcast every friday we bring you the best
1: in Pro Wrestling Talk.
0: Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We
1: have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the
0: Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to the 120th and most expendable episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are presented by WaBAM Entertainment and we are talking James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which of course is out now on HBO Max and in your local theaters, depending on how you love to consume movies, I'd recommend the theater if possible. This movie is a hell of a lot of fun. I've got a few more questions about it for Chumzilla. The first being James Gunn, obviously based on the quotes that just came out from Walter Hamada, WB would love to have him back if you had your choice. Now you said like other Suicide Squad movies, but aside from that, if you had your choice, what would you have? What property or character would you have James Gunn tackle next?
1: Oh, okay. No, that is an interesting question. Uh, What would I want James Gunn to tackle? You know, I have to admit, I'm very impressed with the way he was able to bring the, cosmic elements of the uh, MCU to the big screen and <clears throat> a fan favorite character uh, of my of my own uh, is the Silver Surfer so if Disney now that they own the rights they got those with the Fox transaction if they wanted to do a Silver Surfer movie and introduce another god <clears throat> excuse me and introduce another cosmic character into the mix I would be comfortable with James Gunn taking that on
0: Okay. Now, I was specifically talking about DC, but that's all right. Oh, okay. Oh, no, hold on. I, I completely missed that. I can
1: do a second answer. Okay. This is going to be kind of an uh, a bit of an odd answer because this guy's definitely a candidate for the Suicide Squad, but he's also been a trendy character lately, and I am not a huge DC fan, so my breadth of knowledge is not that deep. Um, I'm going to go with the Kite Man solo film. Okay, Kite Man. Um, yeah, the, the Flight of Kite Man, right there. Boom.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, Hell yeah. Now, I think you were dead on about uh, him directing another Suicide Squad. My only fear with that would be there's a very there's very shock in all things about this movie, like to get the audience to gasp and be like, holy shit, no way. And I feel like if you just kept doing Suicide Squad, then you run the danger of just making it like Austin Powers, where your best gags are in every movie. That would be my fear. But to me, Gunn is a lot like this Harold Ramis quote that my characters aren't losers, they're rebels. They win by their refusal to play by everyone else's rules. He's just better with characters like this. I've seen like, oh, he should do Justice League. And I I don't think that at all. In fact, I don't think he would have any fun doing that. I think Lobo would be awesome for James Gunn to do. Ah, There you go. There you go.
1: That works. I can totally see that. And the the violence and and the and the trauma, gore would definitely fit in that. uh,
0: Yeah, into that character's universe very well. A foul mouth bounty hunter riding a uh, galactic motorcycle and not giving a shit about the rules or what anybody thinks. I think that's perfect. And there's been a Lobo movie in development hell
1: forever. I think
0: forever. (laughs) I mean, The Rock at one point, people were like, The Rock should play Lobo. Obviously, he's playing Black Adam, but yeah.
1: Um, Let me ask you this, T-Dubs, because I know you're a big Zack Snyder fan. You know, I'm watching this movie, and I'm thinking to myself, if someone could just convince Zack Snyder to use more color in his movies, I I think he could kill a Suicide Squad movie. I feel like this, like a more serious one than what, what, like, you know, kind of a happy medium between what we got with the Airs movie and, and the gun version. Like I feel like he's he could handle this kind of character well because that Sin City vibe would work very well in a Suicide Squad movie. And he's oh. got a great eye for the action scenes. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to say.
0: Watch Army of the Dead because really that is a Suicide yeah. Squad movie. Absolutely. Um, and, absolutely. Has- and,
1: and I would almost argue I like that better than this movie. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But I that movie had a tighter narrative and the team thing was a little bit it was more more of that team interaction it had
0: very similar plots effectively <laughs> if, if i was going to rank my favorite big pop culture movie events of the year um like let's say you know jungle cruise just came out black widow obviously came out uh fast nine which i loved and we talked about on the pod uh i would have Zack Snyder's justice league army of the dead this and then Probably Fast Nine and Black Widow's way behind that, and Jungle Cruise is somewhere yeah. afloat in a fake Amazonian-style river.
1: <laughs> you know, I wanted to say that I liked Black Widow more than this movie, but this was just a lot more fun, and it was more uh, creative and and new. Black Widow felt like a rehash of stuff we'd already seen. It didn't it didn't feel like the next big Marvel movie it felt like a generic you know space filler between uh, the uh, the winter soldier and Civil War kind of thing like it it didn't feel like we were seeing something that was new and fresh and I get it At all. A yeah. Back, yeah. it's a backfill movie which kind of hurts it because it, it sort of can only end a certain way so there's not a lot of suspense but this on the other hand again it, it is kind of a generic action movie in some regards um like you said it compares Quite a bit to the Expendables, but it was still a lot of fun, and you really didn't know what was going to happen. Like anybody can die at any moment.
0: So this is a good segue into my next question, which is basically the the best scene or like action sequence of the film. Because I agree, Black Widow in the world of Ethan Hunt and the Mission Impossible movies, which are putting on the best stunts bar none, because he's doing them and they're insane. There's just way better spy movies. That movie felt generic. It felt like it was something made before the first born movie. It had nothing really new to add to the spy conversation. Nothing interesting to add. I didn't like it at all.
1: It it Uh, really introduced nothing new to the MCU other than than her little
0: sister. It didn't really do anything in service to its own larger universe. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, now, I will say, we talked about this before the pod. Like I didn't think anything in this movie was as cool as Yandu killing the Ravager ship with his thingamajig. For lack of a better term, I don't know what the hell it's called. Well, it's an arrow. Yeah, yeah like his magical arrow. His,
1: his psychic arrow. Yeah. But
0: that said, my favorite scene in the film, there's a scene where there's a, there's like a little uh, bro-hard rivalry between uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker And they uh, are going to take down this uh, rebel village. And it's a little predator-esque in a way. Like here come the really macho dudes through the jungle. Yes. To to, to destroy these people. Very predator-esque. And it's, for lack of a better word, it's hilarious. Like it's it's just incredible. Like at one point, John Cena is chopping a guy up who's like, on like a stretcher. On a stretcher. He just casually stabs him as he walks by. <laughs> like sixteen times. It's incredible. <laughs>
1: and there's just not enough of that in this movie for John Cena's character. I'm sorry. Like that, like it starts great and then you know, they, they lose track of him. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah. I I cause he's he's not bad, and I can see why they're gonna have a spinoff show. Um, there's potential there, but they just they didn't maximize it. I'll just say that they didn't maximize it. Um, um, I, I like the joke yeah. too. Uh, one of the scenes in the movie that got my hopes up very early on when they're recruiting at the prison and Bloodsport goes around with, uh with Waller and you've got Peacemaker there. And I forget Waller like describes um, what Bloodsport does. And because she said, Hey, we're assembling this team and everybody's got unique skills and this is what Bloodsport does. And I think it's, peacemaker that goes like wait a minute that's what I do what what are you seeing these your specific skills and he's like well I'm more accurate than you and he's like oh no I'm more accurate than you how you be more accurate than me like why don't you smaller bullets shoot out your bullets
0: yeah
1: and that and 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 that comes up later um that's the type of callback that really works yeah and there's but I even without the callback I enjoyed that little like douchey rivalry between them like there was some quippy banner and it was kind of interesting to see it between those characters. Y- y- you don't get that consistently. It comes in spurts occasionally. And yeah, there was a lot of potential there because I think all those guys played well off each other, whether it was flag and peace, yeah, Peacemaker, yeah. or whether it was uh, Bloodsport blood sport peacemaker, like there was a good, good, like, you know, macho rivalry there, very predator-esque again. And they didn't,
0: they didn't maximize it. This movie could have used 20% more douchey John Cena bro moments.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. He was definitely the Blaine of the crew.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I, Like I love the bar scene. He's like, oh, you're going to be that guy. We're on a mission. He's like, no, I just want to get... I just want to get... Yeah. (laughs) No, it's cool. We'll just get drunk. (laughs) And then they do. Yeah. And then (laughs) they get drunk anyway. Yeah. Uh, Which
1: There's a couple of plot moments in this. The reason they're at the bar here, listeners, is they're trying to find the thinker. And it's just kind of like, the guy doesn't even have a security detail. So it's just, I'm kind of confused as to like, why so much work to go just get this random guy who doesn't have a security detail. Like it's, plan seems
0: unnecessarily complicated. There's a whole lot of, if you think too hard about what's happening here, you're not going to be very happy. So just don't. It's like fast nine to me. Like if you think too hard about the fast nine plot, obviously it just, it, you know, magnets, how do they work? Uh, you just can't. Yeah. Well,
1: and, and when your movies climax involves a hundred foot tall, giant alien starfish, I mean, you got to realize what kind of movie you're watching. And, and there's some things you just have to let slide.
0: So cooler Starro, this Starro, or the much more subtle use of Starro in Zack Snyder Justice League. I
1: thoroughly enjoyed that Easter egg, but no, this was pretty gnarly. Like this, this is pretty cool. Like I, I have to admit, this is one thing DC has now beat Marvel to the punch on. Yeah. I guess you could say those uh, Chitari like giant Leviathan ships were sort of like Kaiju, but we haven't seen anything like, the freaking Stay puff Marshmallow Man effectively come crashing in an MC, uh, MCU movie. Surtur. uh yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I, but he yeah, he was a demon. I mean, this is just straight up. It is, it is a kaiju. We got a kaiju up in this shit. Um, yeah, worst joke of the movie. It's a, um, it wasn't a good joke.
0: No, Stephen Ague, we love you.
1: But it it was a pretty cool comic book callback slash yeah i am gonna have my guys fight a giant purple starfish it's like yes because if you're a comic book fan you're totally down for that and again and that that helps
0: explain away a lot of my questions in the movie i'm like yeah, it's, yeah this,
1: is, this is a purple starfish movie
0: don't worry about it honestly i mean i love uh, everything about the snyder cup but the james gunn just lack of like no i'm just gonna do it like you know, the naysayers be damned. Here comes a giant starfish that opens up its pores and little starfish come and, you know, suck your face. It was incredible because this movie is pretty grounded. Obviously there's a lot of fantastical things with the Suicide Squad members, but aside from that, it's just gunplay. And then all of a sudden here's a giant starfish and it's pretty incredible.
1: So there's two things that really fell apart for me at the end of this movie. And it wasn't the giant purple starfish. It was blood sports tech and his weapons that don't match anything else in the rest of the movie or that universe. And then also the, the strange and unclear nature of the starfish zombie people. Like, it's like, it's one of those things where like if you think about it at all, it's like, wait a minute, what is going on here? yeah what do they do
0: exactly yeah yeah and what's and how do they help starro achieve his goals well he just grows bigger right like through the it's, collective consciousness of the people his so, little so, things take over he grows bigger so begs okay. the question why do you keep feeding him because if you're not yeah. learning anything from him, why do you keep feeding him because eventually he's going to be too big for your house but
1: and he's fact, I mean, I guess and we're worried he's gonna be used as a weapon, but he already is a weapon. He's already enormous. So like what it, yeah, it's best not to think about it uh, too much. And, and and the the zombie people are, you know, that that raises a whole different set of issues. Um, yeah, not to get any spoilers, but yeah, it's it's not well defined. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah. And the explanation we are given is just it's incomplete. And then yeah, the weird, so basically James Gunn used the same like CGI effect to give Bloodsport a helmet the same CGI effect that is we saw him use for the face mask uh, thing that uh, Star-Lord has. So basically that's how Bloodsport's helmet works. Nothing else in the movie works that way. And then his his weapons are like modular and they they grow and change size. They're like his, nanotech his as well. His weapons
0: are like what your grandfather has to use to pick up his dirty laundry. It's like the I little claw <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I don't understand I, I did not i did not understand his little like this little like hand the little weird guns like I don't, they would be less he, accurate he pulls them off of his <laughs> chest and he's got these yeah. little weapons. it's just like just could you just give the guy a pistol
0: I, like yeah <laughs> but regardless obviously we like the movie. like we're just yeah. being a little critical but
1: what well, but it, it, it's just one of those things where it just busts it out at the end and you're like where where is this coming from
0: he basically has like go go gadget gun.
1: Yeah, at the end of the movie, I'm like, what the so,
0: fuck. So uh, anyway, two two questions coinciding. Favorite member of this squ- iteration of the squad, and are you excited for the Peacemaker show, which just wrapped filming, by the way.
1: Um, it, Bloodsport was my favorite in the movie. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I I hope he comes back if they do a sequel because I think he did a much better job of being the the effect of leading this movie than will smith did in the first one I, i'm afraid will smith is just passed as leading man in an action movie days um which is but, funny because
0: they're like the same age
1: yeah but uh i don't I, for whatever reason i feel like uh he looks less tired than will smith does yeah days. and uh idris elba just has a strong i feel like he's still got a stronger presence he still has more of that cocky charisma to pull off those kind of roles um, but he's all. He can also act. He's got a little more range, I think, than Will Smith. S- what sorry, said? Will.
0: What'd you, what did you say?
1: I, said, I think he has more range than Will Smith.
0: I yes, I know what you said. I'm just questioning it. I think they're both very good actors. And I, one of I them think was in the Gunslinger or yeah. the, the Dark Tower, and one of them wasn't. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, they they both done bad movies. Yeah, no, that's um, a joke because they're both great y- actors. Y- y- you know. <laughs> with all the hype about this movie and then the the uh, peacemaker series coming out i was expecting more out of cena so i i'm not super hyped about that to begin with and now i'm like "Mm, a little skeptical No, i i partially blame the script but cena definitely seemed better in this movie in my opinion than he did in fast nine
0: well his character had a little bit more he had he was able to have more fun in this movie than it was in fast nine for sure percent agree
1: and I think he did well with that. I think he played it well and he was able to show some comedic
0: chops. I know you always say cock blockers was your scene a moment. Like oh, I'll just do it. Oh, I mean, yeah. even uh train wreck with um, Amy Schumer. If you just watch his scenes in train wreck. Yeah. He's very, very funny. He has a great yeah. comedic timing. Yeah, And he, and he showed that off here too, but uh, yeah, but it, it, at
1: the end, I, I didn't feel like he, he didn't finish as strong as I, I thought he, he should have. So
0: for me, so yes, yeah, so I'm
1: on the I'm on the fence.
0: I'm very excited for Peacemaker because I love John Cena. I'm happy to see him uh, succeeding in Hollywood like Dave Batista has and like The Rock has because I'm the biggest wrestling fan on the pod by far. Like I, I love professional wrestling. I still watch it. No and question. If, if I were him, uh, get as far away from WWE as you can, my man, and enjoy the success because yeah. I have to admit, man,
1: after beating your body up in the ring for however many years, it's got to be a, uh, just a dream to make a paycheck hanging out on a movie set with, you know, uh, uh, Margot Robbie and, and uh, Idris Elba and James Gunn and just have fun and shoot a movie. And you don't have to get hit if you don't want to get stumped so- for that.
0: the story of john cena getting this role is that james gunn called him and he goes i'll do it and he goes you haven't heard what what the project is he goes i don't care i'll do it because he just wanted to work with james gunn which is pretty awesome (laughs) yeah well i mean that's the cool thing about you know having those
1: successes with uh the guardians movies now like hey everybody wants in on that action and especially if you're a wrestler and you saw he did for Batista, and I believe correct if I'm wrong, but the story goes that Disney slash Marvel, you know, Feige, I don't think they wanted Batista. gun had to fight like, no, this is the guy. I want him.
0: uh, uh And it, of course, Batista will tell you to this day it changed his life. Like, and they're oh, yeah. very close to this day. Yeah, uh, and
1: you know, uh, he, he killed he,
0: that role. He wanted to cast Dave Batista in this, and was and when Dave was offered the lead role in Army. He said, "Well, I can't pass it up. It's lead role." And he's like, "No, no, I'm proud of you. Like, I'm just glad you like you have the opportunity to have that choice. Like, yeah. you've got the choice between two projects, and one of them is this huge deal. Like, I know you're going to kill it. Like, that's yeah. pretty awesome."
1: So, just to give you an idea, I don't know who all else uh, auditioned for Drax, but I can tell you the kind of people they must have been talking to because I saw an interview with Joel McHale. He auditioned for the role. Didn't didn't Momoa? I don't know. I thought I Momoa
0: know. auditioned for Drax. So, so
1: I'm saying. So did Joel McHale. You know, now he's Which,
0: 6'5", but he's a skinny dude. He's. Well, didn't he play tight end at Michigan?
1: Uh, Washington. Washington. He was a he, husky. Yeah. Okay.
0: He's a he's a big
1: guy, but he's still thin. He's for they, they would have to put him in a muscle suit. So. Well,
0: he would have had to bulk up. Yeah, or he would have done the Zachary Le- Levy thing.
1: And yeah. Shazam, exactly.
0: Where And for the record, my favorite Suicide Squad member in this movie, Polka Dot Man. Uh, Yeah, he's
1: high up there. Um, We didn't really talk about the cast, but... But I'm going to go with King Shark was my favorite. Like, as dumb as it was, you know, outside of uh, irr Elba, I I did enjoy King Shark. Way better character, just to get a bonus one in. Way better character than... uh, killer croc in the first
0: one but david das obviously he's incredible in the ant-man movies yeah very happy to see that guy also having a lot of success he's very funny he doesn't get a line a lot of lines in this movie but the lines he gets are some of the funniest in the movie
1: yeah yeah he's kind of like the 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 everyman character
0: um, yeah. yeah he's almost he's almost he's almost the audience's avatar a little bit like the guy who's like, "What the hell am I doing here?" Obviously, he has powers, but like he's kind of a coward. He's scared. He
1: yeah. He questions like, "What the hell's going on here?" Yeah. Um, and he's kind of a he's a like kind of a tragic figure, kind of a sad character. Yes. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is interesting. Yeah. And again, this movie has a lot of that James Gunn emotional string tugging in it. Like, it's uh, you know, it's a very very James Gunn movie. Oh, extremely.
0: Yeah, it's, gonna, it, it's going to tug at your heartstrings. It's going to humanize characters in ways that you probably didn't imagine going in, which is a good thing. Now, sometimes there's some flashbacks that maybe get overused a la Fast 9, etc. But even though this movie is ostensibly about people who are criminals and who are being used as if they are worthless tools to an end, they are people. And that's, yep. that's an important thing to remember. Like who we're all human. They did to get in there, but they're people and they had well, lives and there's stories to them. And there's a, he does a nice job with that, especially with rat yeah. catcher too. Um, yeah. I mean, again, rat catcher too. And uh, blood sports,
1: daddy issue bonding is like the emotional heart of the movie. Yeah.
0: I, I, but, but, but everybody gets their own little like, you know, angle. I agree that the uh, Elba was greatness as blood sport and his you know very similar to the to the dead shot thing there's a there's a whole father daughter thing the dynamics yeah, which, of the relationship what, are different but the which, scene which, he gets I is thought... so much better than the scene Will Smith gets which is yes. being reshot and is corny and just doesn't really work and this one is like very raw and emotional
1: And I, again, I found it interesting they didn't bother to call back to the first movie, uh, even though there's such a strong similarity between the the two main characters, you know, both being like assassins with a daughter
0: that's, you know, uh, their main motivation. Even like a slight like callback, like you're not going to hold that shit over my head like you did to him.
1: Yeah. or, Or again, just having Harley make some kind of weird comment like, Huh? I feel like I met you
0: before. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, because that's her shtick. Like
1: exactly. It she's worked, it a totally
0: absent-minded character. Uh, and uh, and again, it's just it's just
1: strange because there is such a, a strange similarity between the, the arcs that give uh, Deadshot and Bloodsport.
0: So I guess my final question
1: is, is: Bloodsport a big character in in the? Yeah, I don't know enough, but I don't. I don't really either. Think so? Okay, because I'd never heard of him before. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. I, I do like to point out that, oh, that is not a great costume. Um, I would like to point out, I do enjoy the fact that they gave him a French last name. So this is the second. Uh, yes, Why we wasn't we done. he
0: drinking wine
1: at the wine, bar? Yeah. I don't know, but I got some Ghostwriter. Uh, Johnny Blaze.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. I returned. This so movie would have been improved with his, if he'd used his French accent. Oh, 100%. It's, Unimpeachable at that point. It's probably the best movie ever made <laughs> if he's French. So here's my last question: Where would you rank this in the DCU or the DCEU or whatever it's being called now? Where would you rank it? I can do mine really quick. I think it's sure. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, it, hold on. It's just real quick here, Thunderous Wizard. Just yeah. I
1: before, before we jump into this, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I probably should've done this. What did you think about the line uh, at the beginning of the movie when they mentioned the blood sport was in the clink for putting Superman in the hospital with a kryptonite bullet? Well, I know a lot of people were mad
0: about that, but that's straight from the comics, apparently. Yeah, it, it is. And I liked it. It's like, hey, one, I love when you acknowledge Superman exists. I loved when they did it in the first movie, even though I hate that movie. You know, they they acknowledge he was dead. So I liked it. I thought it was like, oh, this guy is pretty rad like he's pretty heartless like you're establishing things about him as a character he's fearless like he's going to go into any situation whatever it's i don't know why you'd be mad about that i thought it was a nice little throwaway line but yeah it, i mean to me that just that really does just remind you that this is a universe with superman in it. as you well know my hopes and dreams ride with you or rest with you uh i could quote Jarell all night either drill, really. Uh, I'd love, I I want Superman back in the movies as much as I love Superman and Lois. I liked Henry Cavill's Superman. I obviously have a great affection for those movies. I think there is value to him as Superman. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. I think there's value to the characters that Zack Snyder helped bring to the screen, whether it be through uh, writing the story or just producing that's very evident here. Like people love this Harley Quinn. This Harley Quinn was an extension of this, that. Was the movie directly after Batman versus Superman, and people obviously love those movies. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yes, I want Henry Cavill back. I love oh. even a casual mention of Superman. Uh,
1: okay, just real quickly, folks. I didn't realize this. Um, it looks like that part was originally written for uh elba to come back as deadshot or or, or to play deadshot and replace will smith but that's, warner that's what brothers I heard, yeah um and, and james gunn collectively decided to rewrite the part and uh switch him over to Bloodsport, which allowed uh will smith to potentially return for a future movie they wanted to come back. i recall that yeah because they I, did i did, want I did not smith know that back. so that's interesting that's why that's such a uh it's kind of weird. It's like, so you rewrote it. Did you really rewrite it? Or did you just like, you know, fight and replace the
0: character name in the script? Because
1: <laughs> well, it, could, it could have still been Deadshot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I certainly could have. Like, it's not that big of a reach to expect that Deadshot and his daughter had a falling out again. And, and his daughter got arrested. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. This actually makes it a little worse in my mind now. I'm like, okay, that's a little
0: lazy uh so now back to our rankings yeah let's go with rankings. So, sorry zack size justice league batman versus superman wonder woman man of steel this this or aquaman i think i like aquaman better but it's like it's interchangeable and then birds There's of different- prey is right there yeah um and then geez what else is there uh and then I guess it's 84. Yeah, could just by default, because I hate that movie, but it's better than Suicide Squad. And it's certainly better than Justice League. So I think that was everything. Oh, no, Shazam. Shazam would be after Birds of Prey and before Wonder Woman 84. That would be my rankings. But Zack Snyder's Justice League, obviously the culmination of what they're calling a trilogy now, a trilogy that I love. Batman vs. Superman, which I never bought. With I was never a hater. I loved that movie. I think it's brilliant in a lot of ways. Uh, Wonder Woman, the uh, trench warfare scene is just immaculate. So,
1: yeah, that's a really solid movie. It's a very very um, good movie. I, you know, I'm not a, D, a huge DC fan, so I won't go through the full catalog because most of them just end up at the bottom for me after the top ones, anyway. Uh, my favorite is still Watchmen. I'm going to count that one. Uh, that's so you're exact thing. Watchmen. I am. That's because it's a DC movie and it's Zack Snyder. I love that movie. I think it's great. I like the ending. I like the ending a lot. Of course, the ending's great. great. Uh, Because I I mean, I know some people complain, oh, it's not the same as the comics. Yeah, but that's a great. It accomplishes the same goal and it does it without a giant squid. It's great. Um, And then my my next uh, the next one, I guess, would be Wonder Woman. Um, You know, the first one, not 84. Uh, Then probably the Snyder cut then I would give it to The Suicide Squad and then Aquaman at five. Okay. And then after that, it's just kind of everything else. You know, with definitely the worst one for me is obviously the first Suicide Squad. That's just terrible. That's right down there. That's fighting in the cellar with Wonder Woman 84.
0: Yeah, Wonder Woman 84. I know people like it, and I'm glad you do. Uh, I just... geez, that movie's a hot mess. I think... Here, here's, here's a good comparison. If you were to say like just move film to film, the increase in quality from the hack, the hack job that was Suicide Squad to this is immense. And the decrease in quality from Wonder Woman, which is a spectacular movie full of real heart and emotion to the sort of misguided mess that is Wonder Woman 84, is also quite immense. Yeah, like Patty Jenkins burned up all of her political capital there. She fought very hard, I guess, for a lot of the things that I didn't particularly like about Wonder Woman 84. The mall scene, for one. The ending scene, which is just sort of a convoluted mess. Uh, And who am I to question? I mean, she's a tremendous filmmaker, but sometimes you make the wrong choices. Obviously, they gave people a really hard time about other things. And you could easily cut that mall scene. It doesn't hurt the movie because that scene sucks.
1: Yeah, and uh, again, I don't think you need to have handcuffs on Patty Jenkins. No, Maybe some collaboration would have been good. You know,
0: somebody there to bounce things off of. Now, do I think Wonder Woman 3 can rebound and be incredible? Of course. I just didn't Uh, like 84 at all. I,
1: I will say this. You have to give the Russos some credit because those guys have yet to jump the shark. So I'm really curious to see what they try to tackle next
0: well cherry did get
1: panned and it's not well,
0: particularly good
1: i met in the mcu
0: yeah every filmmaker has a dud that's just a yeah. fact yeah there's no filmmaker without a dud uh, i
1: don't think
0: what about the guy that directed the room wow well, yeah okay yeah. and that's i mean he's that's, one that's for the, one he's, he's one for one he's he's batting <laughs> he's, a thousand, he's batting a
1: thousand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i mean you can't uh, hit if you hit a grand slam do you really want to take another bat <laughs> tommy tommy Wasu. yeah well you know what? i think that brings us to recommendations as i said we don't have a quiz this week uh unfortunately but i do have a good recommendation what do you have for us this week chumpsilla all right um so i was listening to our buddies uh one of our buddies over
1: from the hot nation usa podcast on his side podcast which i recommended last week halloween is forever and uh he recommended a movie uh steve recommended a movie that uh was considered religious horror and i had never heard of it and the way he described it it was very interesting the film is called a field in england and it is a british film Uh, it was released in 2013 And it's a period piece. It's a pretty small independent film. It was uh, shot for about, you know, less than half a million bucks. And it's a period piece uh, set during the English Civil War. And it's about a group of soldiers that kind of come across each other and then have some kind of strange religious slash spiritual experience together. And it's, it's a little boring, and it's a movie that makes you think really hard. It's shot in black and white, um, but there are some, like, religious elements to it. There's some, like, you know, I, I guess you could say, like, allegory-type stuff. And uh, it was just really interesting. I haven't watched a movie that made me think this hard in a long time because you have to basically watch everything and, like, hey, what is going on here? And, and uh, it's tough to follow the language. I think subtitles would be a, a, a plus on this one. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a really interesting movie. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's something like uh, I hadn't seen in a long time. So I thought it was pretty cool. And I'm glad that I, I got uh, uh, exposed to it on that podcast because it's something I would never found on my own. And you can find it for free right now
0: on Tubi. So A Field in England, check it out. All right. Uh, that sounds very interesting. And Of course, check out Halloween is Forever. Great podcast hosted by one of our buds from Hop Nation USA my recommendation is uh the console wars it is on paramount plus it was a cvs all access thing it's about sega versus nintendo in the late 80s early 90s that's my era you know that's really my childhood the super nintendo versus genesis all that stuff i really really enjoyed it it's a great bit of nostalgia for me and thinking back to those times in my life where you either had one or the other. You were a Sega kid or you were a Nintendo kid. You were either Sonic the Hedgehog or you were Mario. The whole Mortal Kombat, and the Blood Code shit. Like, it was very, very good. Sega does what Nintendo don't. Sega! Uh, And there's a lot of interesting tidbits in there, such as like blast processing. Like Sega used to talk about, we have blast processing, which wasn't actually a thing. Like, they're just making shit up. That's marketing, folks. It's like a yeah. and guessing. And they don't really get into like the real downfall of Sega. They do discuss some things that I found pretty shocking, like such as they had a deal with the technology company that basically created the graphics chips for stuff like Donkey Kong Country and Sega of Japan was like, no, nah, we don't want to do it. And they also apparently had a deal in place with Sony to collaborate and Sega Trans like, no, nah, we don't do it. So it's just wild like to think like just a couple of decisions and maybe Sega is you know, still in the hardware business. Yep. Yeah. The Sega Saturn was way ahead of its time. Yeah. When I was, uh, that was a great piece of hardware. I had a Saturn,
1: obviously it tanked.
0: Oh, not uh, the Saturn.
1: I think I'm sorry. The Dreamcast. Yeah. Excuse me,
0: listeners. I met the Dreamcast.
1: The Dreamcast was way ahead of its time,
0: which when I think back, like that was, that was first, an excellent piece of hardware. Well, yeah. the first jobs I ever had was all to buy my Dreamcast. I went all in on the Dreamcast. And of course it failed pretty spectacularly but uh online play you know sega sega genesis was doing those types of things sega was like really pioneering a lot of these things so it was yeah. a nice blast from the past i think you'll enjoy it um paramount plus it's like seven bucks a month there's like nine or ten channels that are on there it encompasses all the cbs shit if you've got kids it's got all the nickelodeon shit it's a it's a really good value app and uh, i highly recommend that that little documentary.
1: Hey, Just real quickly, Thunder Wizard, I want to point out something because I saw on Twitter that Dune is uh, trending again because the Darren Ars- Ars- Arnoski movies. Not well, but not not Darren Aronofsky. Who's the the Dune guy?
0: Denny Villanueva.
1: Yeah, Vill- Villanueva. Wave, Yeah, Villanueva. Whatever. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so all the stuff about Dune is buzzing on Twitter. Yada yada yada. It jogged something back in my like prehistoric 90s brain. I remember playing Dune 2, the battle for Arrakis on Sega. And it was a real time strategy game. And I just remember love playing that game. It was so much fun. And it was just, it's just it was well balanced. The gameplay was interesting. It wasn't super like tedious to, to play it, you know, because sometimes those real time strategy games can be a real grind, right? It was a great game. It had nothing really to really do with Dune, um, other than the name. But that's I just realized this. Like the,
0: the David Lynch movie wasn't super Dune.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. And that's, and this game is based on that movie. Um, but anyway, so I just, it led me down a rabbit hole. Like, Hey, you know, what, what was that Dune game I used to play? Let's say, I look it up. And apparently that is considered like the origin of the modern real-time strategy game. It's gameplay mechanics went on to inspire Everything that came after it, Command and Conquer, Warcraft, yada yada yada. Apparently, that's like considered like the first modern
0: real-time strategy. Huh. No, no wonder sure, I like playing it. Are we sure it's not Godzilla 2 on the on the NAS? Uh, is that Godzilla 2? or because I? Which
1: one was the one where you move like little chess pieces around?
0: Well, that was Godzilla, and then you'd actually fight. But Godzilla 2 was more of a. Uh,
1: Okay, I never played that. I guess it was like a too. dice game,
0: because you'd get into a battle and, and you'd have to roll for damage.
1: Ugh, gross. Yeah, it
0: was terrible. I never played that one. That sounds, it uh, does sound awful. Yeah. So, anyway, fun members. Yeah. Remember, listeners, you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself at Tlk. You can find Chumzilla at chumzilla 8 on Twitter. Uh, we are on wabamentertainment.com. Check us out. Lots of great nerd news there. Uh, review for Mario Golf just went up from one of my good buddies. And uh, in the end, if you're sitting next to a weasel human homunculoy, such as a cat, uh, just remember that Afghan hounds don't have thumbs. That's not a dog. Do not pet it. It's not friendly. Uh, it's we'll a see- werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. For- twenty-seven children. For the Chumzilla hosted, yeah, what a needlessly dark line. But the Chumzilla hosted. Cop out. And yes, even Kevin Smith hates cop out.
1: You know what? I might just change my mind and just let's watch Tusk instead.
0: (laughs) Starring Shia LaBeouf. Just kidding. It's Justin Long. (laughs) Jai Courtney? Yeah. Kai Jortney.
1: Michael Jaleel White?
0: (laughs) Yeah.